This episode of Motley Fool Answers is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com fool. This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined today by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at the Motley Fool. Hi, Allison. Hi, how are you? Great as always. Good. I am also joined by Bill Mann. He's a portfolio manager for Fool Funds. Hi, Bill. I finally made it. I know. Well, you've been on the show before. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. You okay, have. Yes, I, yes, I have. This is... <laughs> How did you not remember this life-changing moment that we had where you were on our podcast? I love this Jedi mind trick. Yes, you have. <laughs> you have. This, these aren't the podcasts you're looking for. <laughs> yes, I didn't and make it, it up. Yes, and it was wonderful. The Olympics are in full swing, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to award medals to countries based not on their athletic prowess, but on the promise of their economic future and innovation aptitude. So, we're also going to answer your question about how much of your net worth should be in stocks, and give you an honest visitor's guide to Rio. All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. It's time for Answers Answers. JT writes... I have set aside one year's worth of expenses as an emergency fund in cash. In terms of my total net worth, here come some numbers, 25% is tied up in my house, 35% in my 401k, 15% in a brokerage, and 25% in savings. My 401k is all invested in the stock market, and I understand that a savings account is the worst possible investment, but it is a bit scary to have half of my net worth in stocks, given how volatile the market is now. Can you give me some suggestions? Well, JT, congratulations on the big emergency fund. And that's actually a good bit more than most people would recommend. Generally, it's three to six months of absolute must-pay required expenses. You can adjust it for your job security. You do have a house, and that's one reason to have an emergency fund in case you have to replace the roof or anything like that. If you have more people depending on your income, you would have a bigger one. But very few people recommend that you have an emergency fund that big. Um, So, that is definitely playing it pretty safe. Better than the alternative, though. Of, of having absolutely no emergency yeah. fund. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, total, I totally agree with you if on that, If given the bill. choice between having, a, between having a big pile of money and no pile of money. <laughs> Nine out of ten dentists <laughs> would also <laughs> agree. agree. Big <laughs> pile of money is the way to go. As for the stocks, and it really depends, as you probably already know, when you need the money and a little bit on your risk tolerance. So, when you need the money, if you are farther away from retirement, it's better to be in stocks. Long-term shows that, historically, if you look at the numbers from Ibbotson from between 1926 and 2015, stock market made money in about 73% or so of the five-year periods, like 86% of the 10-year periods, and 100% of the 15-year periods. And when you're comparing stocks to cash, and cash doesn't earn anything, all you're looking at is basically, is it going to make me any money <laughs> compared to cash? And you also have to factor in a little bit, especially when you're looking at your brokerage account. Cash, if you're getting any interest at all, it's taxes ordinary income. That's the highest rate out there. Stocks, if you buy a stock and you hold on for it, to it for 10 years, you don't pay any taxes until you eventually do sell it. Dividends, hopefully they're qualified, tax at a lower rate. So even on a tax perspective, it makes sense to hold stocks for the long run versus just cash. That said, Clearly, it might keep you up at night. You have what strikes me as maybe a little bit of a lower risk tolerance, and that's okay. 
So this is what I suggest you consider doing. Take some of that cash that is earning virtually nothing and pay off some of your mortgage. Because when you pay off debt like that, it's a guaranteed return. If your mortgage is maybe the rate is like 4%, that's essentially a 4% return, guaranteed, very safe, and that increases the chances that you'll go into retirement debt-free, which is a beautiful thing. This episode of Motley Fool Answers is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Perhaps you enjoy sorting through stacks of paperwork looking for old W-2s. Perhaps you enjoy taking time off work to haul those stacks of paperwork to a nondescript office park in the burbs. If you do, then Rocket Mortgage is not for you. However, if you like things that are fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all of the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Yay! Visit quickenloans.com fool to learn more. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. is joining us here to make his predictions for the countries that are going to take home the gold, silver, and bronze in the coming years. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm good. How have you been? I'm great. So you are, of course, a portfolio manager for Motley Fool Funds, Yes. a sister company of the Motley Fool. We have funds, and you <laughs> portfolio manage them. I, I portfolio them. Yes, that's right. Prior to that, you ran Motley Fool's Global Gains newsletter. That's right. So you know a thing or two well, about investing around the world. And he used to sell underwear in Russia. Let's not forget that. See, do you remember you talked about that when you I were did. here? <laughs> it's all coming back to me. It's I not, do remember. You're lying to me. It's no, not I'm coming totally back lying. to me. I'm sorry. All right. So today we're going to look at different, we're calling them metals, metal categories here. Uh, we're going to look at innovations in tech, entertainment, energy, brands, and manufacturing. Which countries does Bill predict are going to take home the metals? Now, it is very important to point out that what you described to me was that we're thinking about the future. Yes. That's right. Yes. So, some of the things, like, you know, for manufacturing, people say, well, China's going to win. Stick with me, China might not win. <laughs> 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 so exciting. Oh, the spirit of competition is great. All right. First category we're going to look at is innovations in technology. Wonderful. So some some countries that come to mind in terms of innovation, you have the United States, of course, you've got Germany, you've got France, you have the United Kingdom, Brexit or no, they will still be the same, Switzerland, Taiwan even, or I guess I need to say Chinese Taipei, uh, for the sake of the Olympics, Um, Hong Kong, China. But I do think that the gold medal, should I start with gold? No, let's start with bronze. Let's go with bronze. Let's Let's start with bronze. Yes. I think that the bronze winner will be Germany. Germany is a very quietly, technologically advanced country. They have a very good education system, lots of entrepreneurial spirit. I really do think that Germany is our bronze medal winner. Oh, congrats, Germany. All right, silver. Silver is Japan for two reasons. One is household gadgets. For example, the new, have you seen the portable uh, armpit coolers, (laughs) electric (laughs) armpit coolers. Yes. What are you talking about? They clip under your sleeves when it's hot out and they blow air (laughs) into your pit regions. Does so that, that mean they're blowing sweat. air out of it? I mean, the air, if it could goes be, in there, could be. Say, Let's not ask it... too many questions. We're innovating here. And also robots. Japan is a leading 
producer of robots and some of the things that robots are doing now are absolutely spectacular. So armpit armpit coolers <laughs> Between, and and also robots. That's right, also robots. Also robots, whatever. <laughs> and number one is USA, USA, USA. These United States of yes. America. Tell us why we're awesome. Five percent of the world's population and a really staggering, staggering amount of the entrepreneurial uh, spirit and the entrepreneurial the the companies that have been formed in the United States and the types of things that are that are really helping change the world. The United States is really second to none. So, when it comes to innovations in tech, you you kept mentioning entrepreneurial spirit. Is that really what drives technology? Do you feel? It's I that, absolutely believe so. It's, it's yeah. the entrepreneurial. You can make it happen. Go right. out and do it. Spirit. You look at a problem and say there. You know, there's a solution here. And I think that the United States, for all of you know what people say about the problems with our educational system, I think that we're better at educating these. Autodidactic kids. Whoa, what a great radio word that is. That right? was <laughs> if I had another one, I'd use it. But kids who really can think for themselves, I think the United States is very, very good at educating these kinds of people. I was reading an article about South Korea, which is also a very innovative economy. But one of the differences there is you usually work for a big corporation yeah. and and you come up with your great ideas, but then it has to go up the hierarchy to the heads of Samsung or whoever, and they have to approve it. Whereas in America- We got garages. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's more like, oh, I work for Google, but I came up with a good idea. I'm going to leave Google, start my own little company, yeah. and start a business. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, I mean, I, I was making a little bit of a joke, but those sorts of things that start in garages—that is—that is almost exclusively, you know, uh, the domain of the United States, which I don't think is great, but it's it's true. We have the best garages. We have we have great <laughs> garages here in the U.S. All right, next category, next metal category we're going to look at is the world of entertainment. Entertainment. So I actually eliminated the United States. Oh, from, okay. I no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Right. I mean, we have Hollywood. We got you know. But you know, we also have the Kardashians, which I think it's just—it's just not fair to the rest of the world. Or I think that eliminates. Us. Oh, come on! All Performance right. enhancement. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. What did you say, Rick? I missed that. Performance enhancement. We were performance enhanced. <laughs> We've been thrown out. All right. So, U.S. has been thrown out for performance enhancing drugs or something. <laughs> And so then, that lead, who are you looking I at here? I may not be able the, to complete this now. That's, that's cosmetic enhancement. So, the main metal number contenders. Th- number three. Bronze. The bronze. bronze. The bronze medal is China. Okay. I don't really? know if you've seen the new Star Trek movie, but no. it was produced and paid for by Alibaba, one of the largest Chinese oh, I didn't know companies. That. They are in a big, big way getting into various entertainment. The other thing about China is that I included Hong Kong in that. And if you know, if you're a kung fu person like me, you know, there's <laughs> kung fu movies. So between the two, I thought that China has a very, okay. very, very good claim on the bronze. Uh, number two is the United Kingdom. Brexit and all. They are still, for a very small island, they have a huge, huge amount of soft influence in the world based on... Downton Abbey. Yeah. No, based on Tom Hiddleston. Right there. That's oh my exactly... gosh. Like Right there, they take home the silver. Right, he's a handsome, he is, handsome man. He is such a handsome man. Yeah. Like he is a really handsome. I don't know who this is. He so he's he, Loki. He's Loki, but he's not handsome when he's Loki. He's handsome when he is everything else in the world. Now I gotta uh, look up this picture. Who is it? Tom Hiddleston. The night manager. So Thank Tom you. Hiddleston was in the night manager, and he was just. I mean, it was just. It's on. Un, it's unfair how attractive. So Tom Hiddleston he is. gets the silver. 
Tom, yes, the silver Thank goes you. to Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> and, and his people. Thank, he'll thank the UK in his speech, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, all right, so Number who gets the goal? Oh, I'm very curious about this. Number one for entertainment is Japan. Yeah. <laughs> That's because of Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go. No, the game shows. <laughs> oh, really yeah. Good. Ninja Warrior. Ninja yeah. Warrior, Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. true. That's a good one. Japanese like entertainment is the greatest. Just all the anime yeah. people love. Anime, the you know firecrackers up the nose game shows. <laughs> that's you, a thing. They put firecrackers up up their nose. Look, you're yeah, wondering. Here, we'll look, show you. Look, this is a gold medal move. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it takes to win a medal from Bill Mann. Is stick a firecracker up your nose. Kids, do not. Nobody at home listening, do that. Bill Mann's not worth it. He's not worth it. <laughs> So did Bollywood just stumble at the finish or what? Bollywood's strong. Also, Nollywood. What's Nollywood? Nollywood is the third leading producer of movies in the world comes out of Nigeria. Oh. What? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Nigerian. Yeah. Nigerian soap operas. I think I read about this in an email I got once. Yes. No, no, no. They aren't asking for money. But uh, yeah, no. Nigerian soap operas are awesome. Oh, okay. Awesome. Plus, unbelievable music scene. I Nigeria. do like I do like um, African music. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of yeah. African music lately. Okay. All right. All, right. All right. Next category. Not as exciting. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> energy. Let's talk about who's going to win the your predictions for winning the medal in energy yes, in the coming so years. So some obvious so some obvious participants, some obvious contenders. Saudi Arabia. Uh, there is Qatar. There's Russia. Those are all you know, th- th- those are all oil producing and gas producing countries, which I think or I hope is more of a past thing than a future thing. For the bronze medal, actually, mm-hmm. I named Norway. Oh, yeah. Norway, yeah. the leading purchaser of Tesla cars outside of the United States. They were the first adapters for for electric vehicles. They are the first place to have tidal power, like wave generated power. Huh. Oh. Yes. Yes, and you know, for a little country, they've got a lot of coastline. Yeah, uh, and also for hydropower, they are the they they are the number one. Almost all of their power comes from hydropower. Huh. So, all right, way to go, Norway. Norway. You get the bronze. Norway gets the bronze. Uh, for um, the silver, I have China. Okay, actually. China, which which maybe you've heard is one of the largest producers of greenhouse gases in the world. <laughs> yeah, I've, so I've, so they're yeah. pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's another category, maybe. But China has a hundredfold increased its dependence on solar power over the last five years and is putting billions of dollars into doing it. So I think China in the future, because they've got a ton of land, they're pretty good at the whole sunshine thing. And uh, yeah, so China is uh, China is the silver medal winner. Good for you, China. Yeah. All right. And the gold goes to? The United States Yay! of America. Yes. One, we have an unbelievable amount of resources and the and in the extractive industries in in petroleum, uh, the technology that we've developed over the last few years has been you know has been um, transformational. Also, we have the whole electric vehicle thing that we're pretty good at, and uh, things like energy energy storage, which again is being produced in the United States more than anywhere else maybe tie that back into technological innovation. The next metal category is brands. And you pitched this to me, and I'm still not quite sure what it means. So explain it. So 
So the way that we invest is we look for we we look for companies that have really really great barriers to entry and the best barrier to entry of all I think is a really good brand. Right? Those are the types of things because almost everything else you can be competed away. It's really really hard to compete with Gucci. Right? You can't just say, "Hey, we're we're new Gucci, right? It just doesn't work that way. So brands are the things that you know that I think you know create a tremendous amount of value for country, for countries, you for companies and for countries. All right. All right. So some of the competitors, once again, the United States of America, yes, the United Kingdom, Sweden is a comp- competitor. All because of IKEA. Volvo. Volvo. IKEA, oh, right? okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ger- right. Germany is a competitor. Japan is a competitor. So who takes the bronze the medal? The bronze goes to Italy. Italy. I kind of, I kind of tipped it off, didn't I? By saying Gucci. By saying Gucci. Well, you didn't give right. him the gold, but yeah. No, okay. no, but so you, if you want to talk about, if, if think, think of, think of fashion, and there really is one competitor to Italy when you think of, and it's not even like high fashion, like people you know wearing those really weird things, and you know it's supposed to be like beautiful or whatever, like but. Bill Van on fashion. I guess that's supposed to be beautiful or whatever. I don't know. They like paint their face and you know and yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're talking runway shows where they're wearing more like large conceptual things. Okay. Fine. That's fine. Garbage. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Lidio. Yeah, Italy is you know Italy is the leader with you know with with their brands you know Gucci is one, Todd's is one. I mean they're 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 very very strong, and it gives them it gives them at least a reason to, to you know to to hope for their manufacturing se- you know segment of their economy for years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? a good pair a good pair of leather shoes. Right. I'm going to assume they're Italian. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to. Yeah. All right. Silver. Silver is Switzerland. Hmm. Is this all about the watches? And all the knives? about the watches, and people are poo-pooing watches as being a thing. But you know, but but the amount of extra value that you get out of a, you know something being made in Switzerland versus anywhere else is massive. I mean, even you know, you don't look for things that says, "Hey, Danish-made watch." You know, I'm I'm sure the Danes would be just fine at precision engineering, but you know, the Swiss are are the ones who are better at it than uh, you know than any than anyone. All right, and who takes home the gold for strong brands? Who do you think? Is it USA? It has to be. Yay! Well, of course. It, it has to be. It's almost not fair. <laughs> we, 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 the strongest brands in the world. Why don't we start at the top, shall we? Uh, I'm going to say Apple. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Right. McDonald's or Coke? McDonald's, oh, Coke. Coke yeah. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then go, in, go back into entertainment. You have Disney, for example. You know, we're not building, you know, the massive Disney theme park was just opened in China. The the reverse is not going to happen here for, for 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 decades. I mean, I bet it would be a fun theme park, right? It'd be great. Name but... name one Chinese theme park. <laughs> no, Pokemon no, I Go can't. World. It's maybe. not going to be opening here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just and not even sports. Be... I remember the first time I went overseas. I was in Italy. It was in Venice, and yeah. I went to a shop, and it was completely American sports stuff. Michael Jordan shirts. Yeah. I could buy a Tampa Bay Buccaneer hat. In Munich, and, and you I were the a, one who did. I was the only one who cared. I'm like, why are you selling Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I'll take six. I'll take <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, for brands, well, the United States of America is pretty, pretty good at it. Yeah, so. yeah, we are good at ramming our culture down other people's <laughs> throats. There you go. Our culture for whatever it is. That's right. For, for whatever we made it. All right. The final medal category is manufacturing. So, 
uh, there are a lot of you know there 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 are a lot of very reasonable competitors here. Uh, you could go a little bit off menu places like Bangladesh, which is an enormous apparel manufacturer. Oh, okay, you know. yeah. Uh, there's also Vietnam. Um, there's China, of course. They do some manufacturing from time to time. Uh, <laughs> Germany, uh, the United States, once again, uh, Canada. Uh, you know, countries like this. So for the uh, third place, bronze. I, bronze. God, they do call it bronze. They do call it bronze. We've been call. We've been trying to call it bronze here, and you keep undermining me by saying first, second, and third. But that's fine. Bronze. The person who takes the white ribbon is. <laughs> do we get to do participant ribbon? So the uh, bronze medal winner is Vietnam. Uh, if you go to the northern part of Vietnam now, you will see what China used to be 20 years ago. It is massive fa- manufacturing facilities. China does not have the same level of uh, of advantage that it has from labor costs that it, that it did, you know, 15 years ago. And a lot of that business is moving to Vietnam. It is perhaps an upset pick, but I feel pretty good about it. Good for you, Vietnam. Good. You yeah. got a medal. All yeah. right, who takes home the silver? The United States of America oh, takes on the silver, silver. Okay. which yeah. surprises a lot of people because you hear so much about how we don't manufacture well, stuff anymore, but it's not really true. By 2020, the United States will once again be the largest manufacturing market in the world. Yeah. Now, the thing is, and I'll tell you where people are right, is the thing that it has not done is it hasn't translated to the same number of manufacturing jobs that, mm. you, that it used to. But you can name a lot of things that are manufactured here, but it just, it, it's... It's a it's a different environment than it was in the in in the fifties when it was all heavy industry and it all required you know the guy who you know twisted this left lug nut and then there's a guy who twisted the right lug nut. A lot of that stuff is done by you know it, it's done by uh, robots now that Japan it's, made for us. Exactly, exactly. So that's not great, but um, you know nonetheless the U.S. is an actually actually a manufacturing powerhouse and yep. I, and I predict that it will continue to be so and become even more so. All right, so who takes home the gold in manufacturing? Number one in manufacturing in the world is Germany. I knew it! Germany! (laughs) China didn't even make a medal! Okay, Germany, why Germany? Germany is the manufacturing powerhouse of Europe. They uh, Germany has actually benefited more than any other country uh, from the existence of the of the EU. Um, They are, uh, you know, they they manufacture. Everything it is, it it, it is almost. It, it, if you think of Germany in your mind, you may think of two things. One is like a giant glass of beer. The other two, the other is just a giant thing that makes lots of stuff. An so, efficient, well-oiled a, machine. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you go to brocamp.com, you will see that it is the homepage of a German manufacturing company. <laughs> it's, it's only true. me. You you seem a little bitter about this. No, I'm very proud. Did of it. Did you forget to renew? Awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So let's look at the the final tally. Let's tally up the medals. U.S. goes home with three gold medals and a silver. Yay! Yay us. us. Not not biased at all. No. Japan takes home a gold and a silver. Uh China took home, let's see, do, 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 a bronze and a silver and Germany takes home a gold and a bronze and then also some other ones were thrown in there too. So, Vietnam. And Vietnam, Vietnam got one too. Italy. Yay! <laughs> Well, this has been fun. Thank you for joining on this. I have one last question, though, before we go. Uh Uh-oh. 
as we all know, the biggest headline coming out of Rio has been that the water is filthy dirty and that people are going to have to be swimming marathons through through muck. In fact, uh, poop let's water. see. Poop water. It's poop, poop yeah. water. Yeah. The viral level of the water is 1.7 million times what would be considered worrisome in the U.S. And in fact, the rubbish is so thick that rats live on top of the water <laughs> in the floating debris. Now, in, in, in Brazil's defense, we are a little hyper. But you think we're just too clean? Like we well, one point we seven we... million times. Maybe cut it in half, right? Yeah, we're yeah. A little hyper. What's wrong with a little poop and water? And I'm okay. Yeah. And I'm okay if like there's maybe a couple rats yes. swimming around in the water, but not building homes floating no. on top of the water. Come Entire on, cities. Just a little, just a few rats here and there. Who cares? So my question is for you guys: If you're at the peak peak of your game, and this is your Olympics, you're going. Are you actually going to compete and swim in? The rat city water. Wow. Do you do it? You have to do it. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. You think you think athletes don't put up with worse predations than that? Yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, I can't come up with any, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you have to. Okay. Yeah. I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Florida, thus the Tampa Bay Buccaneer hat. And as a kid... Seeing all the fish in there and realizing, of course, fish don't get out of the water to go to the bathroom. I called the ocean the fish toilet. So I think anyone who thinks that when they go into the ocean, it's clean, they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you're going to do it. Yeah, I'd do it. I think you have to. So they said that if you drink more than three tablespoons of this water, you're going to get sick. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Olympic glory is worth it. You know what? It's funny because I've asked a few people this question, and many people have been vehemently no. No, including our own Rick. Not a chance. <laughs> but you're what not about in you, the, You're not in the moment. I feel like if I was working towards, like that's that's going to be. If you're a marathon swimmer, like that's what you're swimming for is getting a medal. Like that's what your whole life has been spent doing. Yeah. I think for most people, there's a much bigger risk about what's going on in the Olympic Village than there is any place else. <laughs> there's all kinds of. We're talking about things. all the special hugs. <laughs> that the go special, on. special hugs. <laughs> that's who gets talking. the medal. For special Who hugs. gets the medal gets the special hugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does sound like a crazy fun time. Yeah, I think that's probably the bigger worry, but yeah, I'm swimming. So are you saying you're actually I'm now no. I'm wondering if you're willing to go and swim this just so you can spend some time in the Olympic Village? <laughs> <laughs> like small price to pay. That's right. <laughs> to, to meet the Italian ladies soccer team. <laughs> For the shoes, for their shoes. On a, on a, yeah, officially no. <laughs> <laughs> and unofficially no, Mrs. Mann, as well. All right. Well, Bill, thank you for joining us this for the first fun. time ever. We really appreciate <laughs> it. You've been great. Please come back. Or don't. I don't know. I won't remember. <laughs> <Okay>. It's fine. <laughs> I only really know stuff about Rio that the media wants me to know. The media. I know. Who can <laughs> trust them? not really negative. The media. <laughs> the me- but... All of the press around the Olympics has been that Rio is dirty, that Rio is unsafe, and that Rio is corrupt. But is this really true? I wanted to know. So I asked our resident Rio expert, Patrick <laughs> Woods, to join us. Hi, Patrick. 
patent pending Brazilian name. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick Woods, maybe the least Brazilian name for some guy who was born and raised in Brazil. But hi, Patrick. You so you're a developer here at the Motley Fool. Yes. How is it that you came to be a Brazilian? Um, well, my mo- my mother is Brazilian, and um, we moved to Brazil when I was one, and spent about nine years living in São Paulo, and then five years living in Rio, and. Then we moved back to the U.S. for what was supposed to be two and a half years, and that two and a half years has kind of become permanent. So yeah, but most of your childhood and formative years, and you also still have family in yes. Rio and Sao Paulo, probably and all over. You don't have a Brazilian accent when you go to Brazil. Do people think you have an American accent? No. So Portuguese was actually my first language, mm-hmm. and then in third grade, um, there was a chance that we might get moved back to the U.S. So I started going to an American school. And so, I don't know, I, I think I lucked out with sort of with not having an accent. My sister doesn't either. My, my Portuguese gets rusty, mostly on vocabulary, but pronunciation and accent-wise, I used to not have one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So, Patrick, we have asked you here to address uh, three, three perceived ideas of what it's like to live in Rio, and then also provide our listeners with a helpful phrase in Portuguese to help them, <laughs> you know, navigate their way through the streets. So... Uh, the first topic we want to cover is the idea that uh, that Rio is extremely unsafe. Uh, that is probably accurate. I mean, when you live there, you kind of get used to it. So <laughs> it's like you, the people aren't getting like gunned down in the streets or anything like that. But there is um, and Rio in particular, Rio has a lot of a, con- a high concentration of sort of very poor people and very wealthy people very close together. So I think that sort of leads to a little bit more of the kind of casual sort of violence and so <laughs> <Casual> <laughs> violence. let's go for a walk get mugged well, <laughs> but it, but it, it does happen i mean you 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 are very careful in terms of like you don't wear jewelry outside and you don't wear a watch and you hide your wallet and like you know and it just kind of becomes Normal things that you do, and you don't really think about You're it. You're so after nonchalant a while. about it because I've talked to you about this before, and because and, I asked you, like, how many times have you been mugged in, Rio, in in Brazil? How many times have you been mugged? Uh, at least four times. At least four times, uh, and that which blows my mind that you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you get mugged, and then you also like your uncle also drives a bulletproof car. Yes. So yeah. So one of the things that that happens is like, especially if you have like fancier cars, you can become a target. For a while, I don't think it's so bad right now. But for a while, there was a big epidemic of sort of like you know people would get people would get kidnapped and sort of held for ransom. And it wasn't it wasn't like just sort of very public people. It would just kind of be sort of your upper middle class sort of families that you, they think could pay or something. So that gets kind of scary. I think one of the things I think that's happened since I lived there is that there's a lot more weaponry and involved than there used to be. It used to be mostly you would kind of get approached by street kids, and they sort of said they had a knife or something. And you know, now I think more people tend to have guns and stuff. So I think it's a little bit more, probably more dangerous than it was at that time. But I still get the impression that most of it is just kind of casual muggings. <laughs> it used to be a more civil mugging back yeah. in the day. Well, you could kind of argue with them. And um, I was telling Allison earlier how you used to be able to sort of negotiate with them to give you bus money so you could get home and that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the helpful phrase that we have for our listeners is, no one loves me enough to pay a ransom. So this is to help help get you out of a jam if you do get kidnapped. Yeah. So um, this is one of those things. So Portuguese has a lot, especially in Rio, has a lot of slang. So I'm probably and, and that changes a lot. So I'm probably way off on some of these. But um, so one way that you could say this, it would be like the ninguém me ama suficientemente para pagar o meu resgate. Wow. <laughs> 
but he's got one you. of the ways you could yeah. say well, that. So, if I could physically form those syllables. That was with that my was mouth. among the five choices in my mind. <laughs> well, but like his gotcha is sort of like it's the official word for ransom, but it's also like a rescue. Like if you're lost and someone rescues you, it's like you're you me has got that on and that sort of thing. So it's sort of a so there might be another word that people might use more explicitly for that, but oh, okay. that might work. All right, especially if you say it with an accent, they might believe. All you. right, let's try that. Let's hear that one more time. No one loves me enough to pay a ransom. Ninguém me ama suficientemente para pagar o meu resgate. Next topic we want to cover is the idea that Rio is extremely corrupt. And you kind of set me straight on this by telling me about the the notion of and I'm going to totally butcher this, but you taught you, you're telling me the notion of Jetinho? Jetinho. Jetinho. Okay. Um Brazil was in a dictatorship for 21 years, so there's a lot of corruption, and there's basically like I think at a certain I love point it. you literally have your hands up in the international <laughs> sign for what are you gonna do? Right. Sometimes it rains, sometimes there's corruption, <laughs> but it's just the way it was, you know. Um, so, but there is a, this sort of concept in Brazil of of the jeitinho, of like you sort of work your way. It's sort of I think it's kind of culture, sort of the way like certain cultures haggle for things. It's just sort of you, you hustle. You, yeah, you kind of try to find the way. You know, it's it's sort of like points to sort of creativity and street smarts, kind of like of just like, oh, how did you get this? It's just like, ah, eu dei um jeito, and it's sort of in specific. And there's a lot of that sort of in just everyday stuff. Everyone kind of it, there's a little bit of a sort of trying to get away with things. Corruption is sort of sort of endemic to the culture that like in a culture where you're always trying to like look for a leg up and trying to sort of score something that it kind of leads to that sort of corruption yeah, and everything. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, I think that would drive me crazy. Like I like countries where you queue up and you follow the rules and you get in line and I think that would just drive me crazy. Yeah, it drives my wife insane. Like um, when we go and visit cuz you know, you'll be waiting in line to get ice cream or something and there's a line, but Everyone's kind of trying to go over here, over to yeah. the side, and call the guy, and yeah. sort of get saying. So she gets insanely frustrated yeah. with the whole thing. Oh, I, I would think. too. All right. So the phrase we have to help our listeners, should they find themselves in Rio, get get through that culture of, you know, whatever, a little corruption. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the line is, how much is one bribe, please? <laughs> so that's one of the ones that like you would have a bunch of different ways that you could say it, right? So the, the bribe in Portuguese is a suborno, which is technically a bribe. And then in the news lately, there's a lot of talk about like um, a, a propina, which is technically technically a fee, but it's used a lot in sort of like, oh, I, I, you know, I'll build this thing for you, and then you can pay me all this extra money that I didn't have to, you know, and that sort of thing. But like, but I mean, the main way to be for this would be like you, you can ask how much something costs, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could say something like "Quanto que vai me custar," which would be more like "What's this going to cost me?" Uh-huh. Instead of just like upfront being like "Como é que eu vou te subornar agora," <laughs> which is more of like how I'm going to bribe you. But <laughs> how, how can I bribe you, please? Like, Let yeah. me count the ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the last thing we want to talk about is that Rio is really dirty. There's been so much in the news about the water and how it's d- dirty and disgusting. We read an article today, and it was about how dirty Go- Garana, Gar- Gar- um, Guanabara. Guanabara is. Yes, that one. Uh, and in the article was a series of pictures, and one of the pictures was literally a severed arm floating <laughs> oh wow. in, in the water. I was like, is that? And Rick was like, oh, is that someone swimming? He was looking over my shoulder, and I'm like, nope, that's just just a severed arm. Someone was swimming. 
So I'm yeah. not. I'm sorry. It's unfair <laughs> for me to, to kick it to you and say, but really, tell me how dirty how dirty are the sever is the severed arm water. In you know, it's it, funny because it's tragic. It's, it is sad. It's really sad. I shouldn't be laughing. I should not be laughing. It is. It is. I mean, I guess it is pretty dirty. I mean, there is. There's problems with sewage and just trash and just that sort of general stuff. I remember, like as a kid, there's um there's a neighborhood that sort of is on one side of it that's underneath the Sugarloaf, and I, I, I had a girlfriend who lived there, and there's a nice walk sort of goes about the bay and stuff, and that's what you would do. You would go and hang out with her and stuff, and there's. You know, there's no severed arms that float up or <laughs> anything like that. You're uh, gonna get mugged, but yeah, no you might get mugged. You, you, you actually, that neighborhood was pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's a beautiful city with everything in it. It's just like so. It, there's a lot of graffiti. There's a lot of. It's tropical, so everything's kind of, kind of, has a little bit of sort of slime to it because like, it's muggy. <laughs> I kind of always think of it as sort of like New York to me is always very dirty, and it kind of has That's that true. a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's a big city. There's a lot of pollution. There's a lot of cars. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot of every, all of that stuff. But at the same time, it is just like it's this massive city the size of New York, you know, like like New York, and it's in the, in smashed in the mountains with all this green and right by the ocean. And you just as you drive around, there's just like there's beaches and mountains and trees everywhere, and it's just like so it's. It's dirty, but you don't really think about it when you're there. I actually don't know why the bay is suddenly so dirty. I don't remember it being like that filthy before, but it definitely seems to be kind of woefully wrong right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. All right, so our helpful line for any tourists who plan on going to Rio is, that smell is remarkable. Let's swim someplace else. <laughs> so I guess you could say that sort of like, Quixero, vamos nadar en otro lugar. Something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> One of my favorite songs of all time is The Girl from Ipanema, Ipanema being a neighborhood in Rio. Mm -hmm. And I found out recently that perhaps that word means stinky lake. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. Oh. <laughs> but it's not a lake. It's a beach. I thought it was a beach. It is a beach. No, no. Hey, Wikipedia said it, so it must be true. <laughs> this is why we brought Patrick on. You are not the Brazil expert. He is. Are you excited about the Olympics being in your hometown? I am. You know, it's funny. I, I thought when this whole started, I, I, I was just like, "This is just going to be a mess." Because Rio is, is very it's it's busy. There's lots of traffic, and I just don't see how it was going to be able to handle something like the Olympics. But um, there is something about in Brazil. Whenever there's a big event like this, the whole country kind of gets around it and sort of focuses on it. And I don't feel like we do the same thing in the U.S. to the same extent. Um, but so it's always there's a lot of negativity and stuff before it. But then when it happens, it's just like everyone's sort of part of the party in some ways, mm -hmm. and and it's and it's very fun and it's very intoxicating. And so it'll be a very it'll be a very fun place to be with something this big going on because everyone is kind of doing it. And I heard on the radio today that they're sort of like doing a holiday on Thursday or something because the traffic can't keep up with all of it so they're just like hey, everyone stay home wow. you know yeah, so it's, it's just like so it's kind of like so it just kind of adds to that a little bit I think I don't know if it's like carnival or just they're used to sort of having these big sort of events like but whenever there is one of these it kind of flows through the whole city and everything is kind of more fun and sort of more alive Aww. so I think it will be fun if you're there and you can sort of you know if you don't get caught if you don't get hung up on the things that are going not going perfectly I think it'll be a really good time 
So, the things endure, that are not going perfectly. Endure the occasional mugging and the, the, the floating arm. Occasional mugging and the floating arm. If you can get past if that. If you can get past the arms. <laughs> if you can get past the arms. As long as it's not your arm, you're time. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Patrick, for joining us. This has been a fun <laughs> chat. I'm excited about the Olympics. It's one of my favorite things. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Moça do corpo dourado Do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado É mais que um poema that's the show, but it's time for an update. First off, I want to thank everyone who sent in postcards. Yay. Bill, you didn't know this, but we asked our listeners to send in postcards. About? I don't know, just anything. From? Oh. From anywhere. From anywhere. So, um, so far, the farthest one we've received is from Renee and Stephen in Berlin. Wow. Yeah. We also got one from Brian in Rochester. Cynthia and Renee sent ones from Illinois. So we have a couple from Illinois. We have Stephen from the Pacific Coast Highway. John from Queens sent one from Maine, which Chris Hill particularly enjoyed. Uh, Levi also sent postcards and even some coffee mugs in defense of South Dakota. Beautiful. It's a nice mug. It's a nice it mug. It is. They are nice mugs. And also Rita from Colorado. So please keep them coming. Because they make me very, very happy. Uh, I'll post a picture of the... the we've, we've been putting them on the column in the studio. So I'll post a picture of it uh, to our Facebook group. Are you a part of our Motley Fool Podcast Facebook group? I though? am. Good. I will you tag you. Do you think we could uh, maybe get some postcards from Rio? Maybe from the Olympic Village? Maybe. <laughs> athletic listeners <laughs> no. out there, right? We might have to spray Please. with Lysol first. But. <laughs> that, would be, that would be amazing. And if, if anything, I can cheat and I can ask Patrick's sister to send a postcard, maybe. Uh, anyway, our address is 2000 Duke Street, Alexandria, Virginia, 22314. That's the Motley Fool's address. Also, we have a new way that you can submit your questions. You can call our hotline. I, do I call it a hotline? It's you call and you It's leave, the red phone. It's the red phone. <laughs> call the red phone. The warm line. And leave a voicemail, and um, we'll get to play your question or your comment on the air. So the number is 866-677-3665. It's actually the old phone number from when the Motley Fool had an NPR show. So it spells out 866-NPR-FOOL, which... Maybe not ideal, but it also spells out Mrs. Fool. So you can call 866-MRS-FOOL and leave a message or a question or whatever. I'm now going to 99 cents a minute. <laughs> and you'll get all the sexy stock advice you want. And, and if that terrifies you, you can also still email us at answersatfool.com. Okay, that covers it. The show is edited... Olympically? Is that even a word? Gold medalingly. By Rick Engdahl. I think the word this week might be substantially. Subst- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. So, on behalf of Robert Brokamp and Bill Mann, thanks for joining us again. This is Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody. Stay foolish, everybody.